as we continue here uh, in our discipleship journey and pick back up, if you remember, if this is the first time you've joined us here on the journey, uh, in the very beginning of, and you go back, and I encourage you to go back and start listening to the first lesson and all the way through the lessons where if you look at from the perspective of lessons, I'm not sure how many we have out there now, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 or 16, I don't know, but quite a few. Um, but we take it from the when you first get saved and in how you are saved and all the, the very foundational things to know from that part. And we've been building on to this and it's a discipleship. So as you grow from being a non-believer to become a believer and then from a believer, how do you start growing and maturing? And that's what the Discipleship Journey series is about. And now we're into the part we're actually honing in on very specific issues that people have. And we started those, um, those things Last, uh, last time we were here, which was uh, three weeks ago in regards to the discipleship journey, and if you remember, we talked about one of the top, top difficult things to discuss, and that is around envy and jealousy and these things that, as a believer, those cannot be part of your life. You can't allow that to, to, to germinate in any form or fashion or to hinder or continue to be in your life. As a believer, those have to, as you mature, those things must be worked out. You've been forgiven. You are to let go of those things. You cannot continue in those things. And they have, you have to mature out. Well, tonight, it's again, it's not an easy topic to go through, but it's a very important topic uh, for, 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 uh, for all of us to go through. And that is on the next big topics is anger and bitterness. And we'll take two different sessions. We'll talk about anger primarily tonight. What is anger? How do you deal with anger? What does God say about anger? And bitterness. And the same thing, that will be our next uh, next time we gather together on Wednesday night, uh, we'll take that one. But let's open up in prayer. Father, again, we thank you for this evening, Lord, and uh, we open up your word. We open up your, the scriptures about this topics of anger and bitterness. And we pray, Lord, that we, by the power of the Holy Spirit, will move in a mighty way in the hearts, the hearers and the hearts of the people that are listening this evening or in days to come, Lord, that you would just speak to their hearts and, uh, and do a mighty new work in their hearts. And, uh, and, and again, we just trust in you and we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. The scripture I'm going to start with, but I'm going to give you a bunch of scripture as we go through the disciples. So if the key thing is to listen and then just write down these scriptures I give to you. Some I'll read, some I will just give to you the reference so you can go back and look at. But it's if, out of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32, and many of the things that we'll talk about tonight around anger, this verse speaks to that subject matter. And it says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So we see here in these verses a very succinct uh, part of the scripture here that talks about the old man, the old life, the old life that should not be as a Christian, as a matured Christian, should no longer dominate and be in your life as a, a mature Christian, as one who is stable and walking with the Lord. You should not see bitterness in their, your life. You shouldn't see wrath in your life. You shouldn't see the anger and the clamor and the evil speaking. Those things are obviously um, a given when you're a non-believer, 
because those things can be very, because you're run by your flesh. You're not walking with the Lord. I mean, you don't even know the Lord. So the flesh drives you and those things and the culture, those are the things that that's natural is to have bitterness and anger and wrath and those kinds of things. But no, as a Christian, we're to put off those things. We are no longer to live like that. We must fight against those things and we must be, like it says at the end in verse 32, is be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. And that is the key verses there that as because God has forgiven us so much we are to forgive others that will allow you not to find yourself going down the path as verse 31 says wrapping yourself up into these evil speaking let alone clamor anger wrath and bitterness and it's a slippery slope and it's, it's just spiraling out of control in one's life but as we take a look at that subject tonight and we see this that anger and bitterness are two very noticeable signs of being focused on self. Let me repeat that. When you find yourself in your life, or if you're discipling someone else, and they have anger or bitterness in their life, the root of the thing that comes there is that they're very focused on being very selfish or very focused on self, and not trusting God's sovereignty in your life. That is the root of why that can germinate as a Christian. And when you believe that God causes all things to work together for good to those who belong to him and love him, you can respond to the trials with joy instead of anger and bitterness. You can respond in, in joy and you can respond in this stability and, and not be moved in the direction of of, of allowing anger to take any uh, dominance in your mind and your heart, let alone taking root into bitterness. And uh, it, you have to deal with that because you know that God is in control of your life and you're not focused on yourself. But if you do, and that's what we see here in the scriptures as we go through this, uh, it's because there's a self-issue, selfish issue that has taken root over something. Now, when we look at anger and bitterness, the... Um, they can cause tremendous detriment uh, into biblical love or any unity or harmonious kinds of relationships that you have or the maturing in, as a, in Christ those things will be hindered in your life. So if you're as a brand new believer and you're growing from, you're saved and you're growing and things are going well and everything's fine and all of a sudden you find that God is revealing to you, you've got an anger problem. <laughs> that still not it hasn't been resolved. It's not like you used to be, and we'll describe the different types of anger. But it's not like it was. But you know, there's still an anger issue there, or a bitterness issue there, that has been deeply rooted back before you got saved, or during you got saved, whatever it may be. But you finding yourself now as a Christian that it's causing very noticeable deterrence. It's like like walls, walls keeping you from being able to biblically love other people. Doing it, love is uh, unconditional love, as God describes for us as believers, or any kind of unity in relationships. There's going to start being some division on some relationships uh, in your life, and you will stop maturing in Christ. And when you stop maturing in Christ, you stop becoming fruitful in the in, in the things of Christ. You're not going to see the growth and the maturity, and it becomes very, very, very frustrating as a Christian. And you'll start failing to put 
oft anger and bitterness. And what ends up happening as a Christian is you grieve the Holy Spirit that's inside you as a believer. And what that does is when you start grieving the Holy Spirit, you're opening yourself up to Satan an opportunity in your life and it starts obscuring your witnesses to other and obscuring and disrupting the unity of the body of Christ and that's exactly what will happen and play out. But you must deal this issue of anger and bitterness biblically. You must dealing biblically with anger and bitterness requires a wholehearted obedience to God's word and every circumstance you find yourself in a situation with every person that you're dealing with in life. You cannot just deal with doing it biblically with just certain people, but others, you don't have to follow it biblically. But no, you're supposed to follow these every situations based on the obedience of God's word, even if regardless of how you feel, regardless of what your feelings are dictating you otherwise. Now, the first one of the few verses here I will take right up front here is 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 and 5. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, and does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil. That is what, as a Christian, and as you're discipling someone, or if you're being discipled, this is, understand, that is what God's description here of what it needs to be in our lives. And we need to measure that based on the scripture of what the scripture says. Does that describe you? Not just you in certain relationships or certain situations and oh yes that describes me at home but that doesn't describe me at work or it describes me over here with my best friend but that doesn't describe me with my family it, no you you and I have to be consistent across all aspects of our life second Corinthians 2 verses 10 11 says now whom you forgiving forgive anything I also forgive for if indeed I have forgiven anything I have forgiven the that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So this verse reminds us in a relationship with two people, it could be a marriage relationship, a friend relationship, whatever relationship, if you're not willing to do it God's way, you're opening up not forgiving one another, you're and being in this in the sake of the presence of Christ, meaning doing it God's way here, you're in verse 11, Satan is going to take advantage of that and divide and conquer in some form or fashion in that situation or relationship. And we should not be ignorant of the fact that Satan is looking for opportunity to destroy that relationship and everyone around it. Ephesians 4. Verses 1 through 3, it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all loneliness and gentleness, with long suffering and bearing with one another in love, enduring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And again, these are not negotiable in regards to the scriptures. You can just, you don't sit there and go, I don't like Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, because that will not apply. I don't want to apply that one in regards to that relationship or situation. I'll just apply it over here because it's much easier to do it that way. 
Well, that, when you start negotiating and what you're going to pick and choose and when you want to apply the scriptures and not having consistency, then we have a problem. You're not going to grow as a disciple of Christ. You're going to grieve the Holy Spirit and it's going to cause problems in your life and those who are going to be affected by that because you're, it's, it's touching other people's lives. Ephesians 4, verses 26 and 27 be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Again, another warning for us as a believers, be very careful when you allow anger to start germinating in your life because you're giving place to the devil in your life and in those relationships. And you have to be very careful because you will get deceived and you will go down. you're going to go down. It's just a matter of time you're going to go down. And lastly, in this first section is Colossians chapter 3, verses 8 through 15. I'm going to read it all because I believe it really is significant when it comes to what we're talking about tonight. It says, but now you yourselves are to put off all of these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. That is not negotiable. As a disciple, you can't just sit there and say, I can have a foul mouth on, on the job site because I'm just one of the guys. No, that's not, that's not negotiable as a Christian. You cannot just sit there and say, I can have blasphemed things of God just so I can kind of fit in so they don't bother me at work. Um, you know, I just get in the flow of what the people on the, on the roof does and, and people out there in the trenches and... No, you can't rationalize this, even regardless of wrath and malice and anger. Oh, you don't understand, Pastor, what it's like and what I've had to put up with and all of these things. You can rationalize all you want to. That's between you and the Lord. I'm just telling you what the Scripture says. And you must battle these things. This is part of growing up and maturing. If you're even negotiating that it's okay to have this anger or wrath or malice or blasphemy or filthy, filthy language, you're lying to yourself. It says right there in verse 9, do not lie to one another. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all in all. Therefore, verse 12, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. Again, Put off the old man, now put on the new man. Put on the tender mercies and kindness and humility and meekness and long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. One body, be thankful here, even though it may be challenging and might be not as smooth as much and everyone's beckoning to what you want to do. But again, remember, anger and bitterness, the root of that problem is you're selfish. If you have problems dealing with anger in your life today and bitterness because you're selfish and, and, and that's the root of it because you are whatever is causing it or the situation or the people or whatever it may be, 
You have to understand, as a Christian, go back through the scriptures I've given you and look what you have to put off and what you need to put on. And that's those, again, it's not negotiable based on situation or based on the person you're dealing with. So when we take a look at that, we look at, first of all, the God's view. On every single one of these subjects, we look at God's view first. God's view on anger means great displeasure or animosity. If you have anger or if you're discipling someone as a Christian and they're dealing with angers, they have great displeasure in something or someone. Or they have tremendous animosity toward that person. That's what anger means. And that is a, a quick arousal or a quick uh, expression of character of the old self apart from Jesus Christ and is contrary to the scripture. So you have to understand if it, this is talking to you tonight or if you're going to help someone else who has identified as I have an anger problem, you need to bring them back to the fact that as a Christian, that problem anger is an old self problem. That is an old man problem that has not been dealt with. You're still dealing with the flesh. You're not dealing it and you cannot justify that, that you're still with Jesus Christ on this because old self is apart from Jesus Christ because you're not doing God's way. You're doing it in the flesh way. And it's contrary to the scriptures. And you can go back to Galatians chapter 5. Verses 19 and 20. We've already read Galatians 3, 8. But let me read for you James 1, verses 19 and 20. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, and slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So if you're dealing with anger, you're not in the righteousness of God. You're, you're that old self, that old that selfishness is competing against the relationship and understanding and the truths of Jesus Christ. And that's where you have to understand that. And that's why you can't allow that to dwell in your life for an ounce of moment of time. Because you don't want to be grieving the Holy Spirit. You do not want to be going against Jesus in regards to that emotion and that issue. Now, from a bitterness perspective, bitterness is related to anger. It's almost a partnership kind of a thing. But it, I believe it goes from anger. And if you could not dealt with, it can spiral and go to a point of bitterness and take root. And we can see that bitterness is related to anger, yes. But it demonstrates a great dissatisfaction. How do you know the difference between anger and bitterness? Anger, when you're listening and you're, you're hearing yourself and you're talking to yourself about the things you're dealing with, you're going, I mean, I have animosity against this person or I have great displeasure against this person. But when it gets into bitterness, it is such a great dissatisfaction regards to the situation you find yourself in. Now, if you're a, a non-Christian, you're already living in the flesh. You're already living in the world. It's just you're still very dissatisfied with the situation you find yourself in. But as a Christian and as you're a disciple of Christ, you have to understand this great dissatisfaction is with God's sovereignty in your life. You're completely dis greatly dissatisfied with where God has you at that moment in time. And that situation time and those people in your life at the time. And you are fighting against God's sovereignty in your life. And bitterness 
arises out of a living to please self instead of living to please the Lord. That's what it is. That's what you're dealing with. That's what you're struggling with personally, or that's what you're trying to help someone understand. You are selfish and you're competing against the sovereignty of God in the situations you've, uh, he's allowed as a Christian uh, in your life and the people in your life. And you have to deal with this with the Lord. Acts chapter 8, verses 18 through 23. Uh, let me pick up here. 20, 21 to 23, your heart is not right in the sight of God. So if this is, again, if this is, if you are finding yourself, you're in this living for yourself instead of living to please the Lord and you're greatly dissatisfied with your life and the situation, the people, the situation, whatever it may be that you're dealing with that's causing this bitterness, you need to understand verse, Acts, Acts chapter 8, verse 21, there at the very end, your heart is not right in the sight of God. You've got to come to that, that truth and accept it. And 22, you must repent, therefore, of this your wickedness. This is Bitterness and anger is not something that is just passive. The Bible calls it wickedness. And pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Those are tough verse. If you find yourself listening tonight and this is what you're dealing with, or I know it's not easy if you're trying to disciple someone else and they're saying, I don't have to think this is a big deal. I think it's a, it's that, that it's, that's their problem. That's their issue. And, and that's, that's caused that anger, caused that bitterness in my life. You, it, these are not easy verses to, to read for them uh, in Acts chapter 8, verses 21 through 23. But 22 is critical for them to hear. They must repent because it's sin. You do know that, right? That anger and bitterness is sin. And if you don't have a repentance toward it, that's a problem. You know that as a Christian. And so he says here, repentance, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. Very tough verse. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. That's God's viewpoint. Now, if you have to debate about what you think God's viewpoint is around anger and bitterness, let me you can go back and watch this again because you, you really need to take some probably some more copious notes. The next thing is now the question is, okay, Pastor, what do I do now with this anger that I have or bitterness I have? Well, your hope, your hope we find here in this next step in your journey is that since God's word commands you to put away anger, to put away bitterness. It is possible to do so. That's really the step. Take that step of faith and say, I know I've always had anger in my life. I know I've always had bitterness in my life about these situations, whatever I was growing up or whatever it may be. You need to understand that God says as a Christian, you must put them away and you can put them away if you allow God to do that in your, in, through your life, to, to, to transform you. You've got to get your eyes off yourself and put them on God and make allow him to, to work this through in your life. I'll read a few couple of verses here. Psalm 37, 8, cease from anger and forsake wrath and do not fret. It only causes harm. 
It's only causing you harm as a Christian if you continue down this path. In Ephesians 4.31, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Again, a very strong verse. You must put it away. It's an action. You must know that is not, I'm not gonna, that's not going to dominate me anymore. It's got to be let go. Got to deal with it. And it's good. It's right. It's why? Because if you don't, it's going to harm you and it will harm everyone around you. And that means you can take the next step. And the next step of your hope is that you do not need to defend or, or um, what's the word? Defend or preserve, preserve the. Um, what you perceive to be your rights or justification of why you're angry and bitter. You must, you cannot defend it, you should not preserve it, you should not look at it and, and justify it in your rights. I have the right to be angry. You don't understand. But the question I bring you back to for us to always remember are you a child of God? And if so, because God causes all things work together for good to those who belong to him and love him, we can go back and read again. Romans chapter 8. Read verses 28 and 29. And again, ponder on the fact that this you're not talking from a non-believer perspective. This, this discipleship is for believers. They're speaking from only from a believer's perspective. We must understand you. our hope is the fact that God's word commands us to put it away and he gives you the ability and the, and the strength and, the, and is always there for you to help you put it away biblically according to the, his word. And when you do that, then you cannot no longer have to defend or, or preserve your justification, your rights. Because God, if you love and you understand that God works all things together for good. And, but you have to finish it who belong to him and love him, according to his purpose, all right? So God's view, it's one step you got to take tonight. Your hope, you got two more steps you got to take in your journey. And finally, you have to, your change. You've got to change. This can't be just a, a broad conversation that says, oh, this is fun, this is interesting. No, this is about biblical change, remember? Right from day one when we started this journey, it's all about you changing, biblically. So your change, here's your step. Step 48. You are to control your spirit. Proverbs 25, verse 28. You must, whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. You are absolutely vulnerable to every attack coming your direction. You have to, you must control your spirit and you must be slow to anger that we see in red in James 1.19. You must deal with anger quickly, we saw in Ephesians chapter 4. You, these things that I've been reading, you must put those in actions. 
You must change how you deal with things. And you are to put off the anger and the wrath, the bitterness, the quick-temperedness, the dissensions between people, the abusive speech, the strife. You are not to take in account a wrong um, down a path that you should not be on as a Christian. It's got to be stopped. You need to shine the light on it in your life and say, God, and confess it to God, this is what I'm dealing with. And when you put those things off and say, God, I need to, I, I need to change. I cannot continue to live like this. Then God says, when you take something off, you must put something on. And he tells us very clearly in Scripture that we must Put on the patience and the kindness and the humility. Bearing with one another, tenderheartedness, forgiveness, love, self-respect. It goes on and on and you see those in the scriptures. And you must, it's active. You must do those things. If you don't, you are going to suffer and those around you. There will be division. So now the practical piece. You know God's view on anger. You know where your hope is in Christ and why you have hope is because he can make this biblical change take place in your life if you are willing to change. If you're willing to change biblically. So ultimately, so what do I do next then? If I have an anger problem, what do I do next? The practice principle or the practice step, the step 49 is List the circumstances or relationships in which you are or have been tempted or are angry and bitter in. Write them down. Write them down on a piece of paper and write those situations down that causes you anger and bitterness. Proverbs 14.16 A wise man Fears and departs from evil, but a fool rages and is self-confident. I want you to be able to write these things down for you and the Lord to talk about because I want you to bring it to light and, and acknowledge and confess to God the things that you're having challenges with when it comes to anger and bitterness. And develop this a biblical plan. Like we did with envy and jealousy stuff, there's got to be a biblical plan. You've got to build it, that plan, and work that plan so that it can be worked out of you. And that biblical plan for overcoming anger and bitterness and those situations and those, those, those relationships, there's got to be a contingency plan of when something happens that you know what you need to go to to help you to not allow the anger to stir up or the bitterness to get any worse. It's got to be out of you you've got to have a contingency plan for dealing with the anger and bitterness that may arise so quickly and unexpectedly in certain situations how many times i i hear in the time of a situation of fellowships where people are at work and people find out you're a christian and they're just really just hammering on you and saying things and it can cause you to get really edgy on the fact that to a point of anger and bitterness toward the people that are just coming against you because of your faith 
or or the fact that you're not able to do certain things as well as someone else. But you must have this biblical plan of how am I going to deal with this situation with this person when I'm at work or when I'm here or whatever it may be that God is revealing to you when you write down the circumstances and relationships that I talked about. And as you rely on God's power and provisions for your life in dealing with all things, you must diligently do what you have planned to avoid further sin in your life. We want to keep you from sinning in your life and becoming habitual sin in your life because you're not willing to deal with it. You can't because with regards to anger or bitterness, we must deal with those issues. Now, Proverbs 28, 13 says, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. So you must write these things down that are causing you to sin, to be in anger and bitterness. You must own up on those things. If you don't, you're going to find yourself that you're covering up that and it's not going to be good for you and it's going to hurt those around you and we must confess those and forsake them with, with and, and have the fact that God has mercy upon you. 1 Thessalonians 5, 22 says, abstain from every form of evil. And sometimes people think evil is just some wickedness coming from the outside and it's demonic only kind of deal. No, it can be the fact that you haven't dealt with anger and bitterness in your life. And that evil is dwelling up. James 1, verses 22 and 23. But be doers of the word, not hears only deceiving yourselves for if anyone is a hearer of the word word and not a doer he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror again that scripture speaks to someone who is about the self they're looking in the mirror they keep looking at the mirror and they want what they want when they want in the situations and they're not like it because the situation's bad or the relationship over here is causing problems and what you need to do is you can't just listen to the word of god you need to be a doer of the word you have to apply it you can't just just hear it and go fine that's for everyone else but i'm not talking about that i'm talking about this situation here it's, it, you're, you're fooling yourself. You've been deceived, as the scripture says here in James verse, chapter 1, verse 22, deceiving yourself. And when you continue to deceive yourself in this area, it's going to cause a tremendous problem. And then lastly for tonight, we're going to just uh, take a look at uh, step, uh, step 50 here. And we must practice. This again, about, about, it's all about your doing doing not just hearing you must write down these circumstances you must write down these relationships and you need to sit with the lord and confess these things with god and you and god just settle these things and work these things through so that anger and bitterness doesn't continue but you must in that next step you must practice biblical love in the situation that you're all these situations you've written down proverbs 10 Verse 12, hatred steers up strife, but love covers all sins. So when you have all of these things and you're just dwelling and you're just like, oh, I can't, you know you're not doing in biblical love. <laughs> you're not, that groaning is not in the spirit, okay? You're not speaking in tongues and if you are, God hears it and it's not good. 
not good at all. You're just stirring up strife. But remember, God's love covers all sins. 1 John chapter 4, verse 11. Beloved, if God has so, so loved us, we also ought to love one another. We are to forgive others just as God has forgiven you. Mark chapter 11, verse 25. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Hello? <laughs> so I, I kind of like this series because it really gets back into some scriptures that we kind of gloss over and maybe not want to talk about or read through. How about Ephesians 4.32 again? And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, and even as God is in Christ has forgive, forgave you. And then lastly, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for, or for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing. Nothing that you were called to this, knowing you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. So those are the steps tonight. We take us up to step 50 tonight. And as we take a look at unbiblical responses um, I will finish a couple here since I have a few more minutes here. Um, I want to cover some unbiblical responses from the scriptures so you can see and understand this. If you remember, many times people, and we see in the scriptures and in our lives today, will try to justify our anger. God was angry, Jesus was angry, so I can be angry too, you know. You don't understand the situation. It's righteous anger, in your mind at least. But remember, God is perfectly holy, and you are not. Do I need to repeat that to you? God is perfectly holy, and you are not. So be very careful when you try to justify your anger of the situation by saying God was angry and Jesus was angry, that means I can flip tables too, you know. His holiness, justice, love, and perfection remain constant even though he is a jealous and does have wrath. But unlike God, you and I are in the flesh. And it's a constant, continual conflict between good and evil. So be very careful in your justification. But let me give you some examples from the scripture of unbiblical deeds. Do you remember Cain and his anger that killed his brother? And as a result, it became what? A wanderer. Uh, what's the word? Um, 
just a, a person who has to flee and just wander because they can't, he cannot now be settled in life at all. How about uh, Simeon and Levi? These were self-willed men, murdering others in their cruel anger. What was the result of that anger? Their families were scattered. It affected their families in a tremendous way. How about Saul became angry and tried to kill his oldest son there in 1 Samuel chapter 20? How about Naaman became furious and refused to follow a simple command in order to be healed of leprosy? But he finally obeyed, didn't he? And what happened? He was healed. Uzziah, confronted by the priests for his unfaithfulness to the Lord, became enraged and was struck with leprosy to the day of his death. Jonah, one of my favorites, was greatly displeased and angry when the Lord showed compassion on Nineveh, if you remember, and God subsequently rebuked and humbled him tremendously. How about Simon, in his bitterness, tried to buy the authority of God and was openly rebuked by Peter. And we see that in Acts chapter 8, verses 14 through 24. We can learn from other people's mistakes. You do know that from the scripture. That's why we study the scripture. But let's talk about some unbiblical ways of dealing with anger and bitterness. Sometimes people have this anger and bitterness, but how you deal with it in a biblical way versus an unbiblical way makes a big difference. Some of the unbiblical ways is you may explode in rage or temper, striking out physically or verbally against that person or people or things. But how important it is that we remember the scriptures. Proverbs 16 verse 32 says, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. How important it is we do it God's way. We should not be exploding in rage and temper. How about the, another unbiblical way is you express anger outwardly. You, you're a, you ventilate your anger. You beat a pillow or you throw something or you, you, know, you just... You're just, you're just, wrath comes out. It just pours out of you in regards to these uh, physical things that you do. Lots of people have a tendency to strike a wall with their fist or kick a door, slam a door. How important that should not be. Psalm 19:14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. How about 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's how we are to respond. Not these unbiblical ways. Some people will go out and exercise so much, so strenuous, because they want to release these feelings of angers, these pent-up angers, 
But what happens when you do that? You're just turning to the flesh and try to get the, that, 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 that outburst of anger out of you by just, I'm going to run a 10 miles, I'll be back. But you fail to deal with the sinful basis of your anger. You might have blown off steam. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go slam. I'm going to blow off some steam. But you're not dealing with the root of the problem. You have a sin problem. And you need to deal with it. I love, as I write down these things, so common you hear that we sometimes pacify these this anger issues and and you lose your temper <coughs> temper in the car and you're just I'm gonna slam my hand on the horn they're gonna really know we just use some way of just throwing an object or th- putting on the harm or yelling out the door or making some friendly gestures with your hands and all these other things you think is justified no it's not should not be doing that. But some of you are much more sophisticated, I know. Because you're sitting there going, that doesn't speak to my heart at all. I don't do any of those things. No, I, I think you might be falling the category where you are smoldering inwardly. You seethe inwardly and become bitter every time you see your, that person. You're just seething and smoldering inside. That is probably speaking to you. And you can certainly go back and, again, Psalm 19, 14. Whatever you're meditating on, whatever's pondering in your mouth there, but it may not come out, may that meditation that's coming from your heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. So just because you don't have an outward expression of it doesn't mean you're free of what's going on internally that people may not see. Now, some can get to the point where I just punch a pillow or hit a wall. I don't do anything else. Well, no, some others can verbally attack and slander individuals. They'll take an opportunity to just find a way to attack you and slander you toward others. That's that's a problem for people who have anger and bitterness. Or you discuss everything about your anger and bitterness to get in touch with your feelings. To release this emotion and I need to tell everyone how angry and bitter I am and everyone who will listen to me. Don't you feel bad for me? Don't you feel sad for me? Aren't you sympathizing with me? You might be in that category. Or another one that could be is you deny. You deny internally that you are angry or bitter at all. You've denied it. You've literally denied the fact that you have anger and bitter issues. And you deny this to the nth degree until it starts showing itself so clearly you're shocked because you've denied your, you've been denying it inside for so long. And then typically some people will sit there and they'll turn around and they'll start writing letters to express their anger and bitterness towards someone and they're going to send it in the mail. Now that used to be the true, but now unfortunately I wish we still only had mail system because many times people will write a letter and then they'll rip it up and say, no, I'm not going to send it. What happens today? 
I'm going to say this on Facebook and they're going to hear me when I type this and before you push that button, you didn't have time to rip it up. You actually pushed the button and it went out and everyone sees your heart. Or lastly, you might find yourself saying, my righteous anger, my righteous indignation, my bitterness is justifiable. You don't have a clue what I've been dealing with. Instead of examining yourself biblically and examining the fact that you have an anger and bitterness and you're responding inappropriately. Now, it's so important. I know it's a hard discussion. It's a hard discussion in this in regards to this. But my prayer really is for all of us to continue to examine your heart. It's amazing how you might be walking with the Lord for so long and all of a sudden you find yourself something of that one situation that was in your childhood or one situation in the years ago or maybe something that's just now coming to, to root and blossoming that's not good. I pray that you will not disregard what the scripture says about this topic of anger and bitterness. We'll talk about that next time. So don't, please come on back. Stay tuned in. We'll bring closure because at the end of next week, we'll talk about more practical. How can we help you deal with the anger and bitterness if you are finding yourself there, uh, there this evening or next week? We'll go through and handle how to biblically deal with the things. And we'll talk about the different things and, and get a little more details about bitterness again separating the difference between anger and bitterness but i pray tonight let it be if as the lord has spoken to your heart confess those things take the discipleship journey here take the steps and make sure you write the situation things down and talk to the lord about it confess it Recognize it. Don't be in denial anymore about it if you're finding yourself there um, or find yourself saying this is just whatever it is. Deal with it because clearly the scripture says it's sin and it's got to be dealt with. It cannot continue beyond tonight.